It's been more than a century since raven, frog, whale, and the other totems on the cedar pole in Pioneer Square rose above Seattle. Yet people are still enamored by them. We've been to the Southwest several times, and uh, we actually have Indian reservations in Maine, but I've never seen a totem pole there. I mean, I think it's pretty impressive. That's George Mariah. It's his first time to Seattle. He's just learning that this totem pole came all the way from a Clinket tribal chief's house in southeast Alaska. Now, what is an Alaskan pole doing here in the middle of Seattle? We stole it. That's right. The original totem pole was stolen. Ali Kerr explains the heist as part of the underground tour. The year was 1899. A group of businessmen with the Seattle Chamber of Commerce took a steamboat and headed up north. They come upon a fishing village just off Tongass Island. And they realize that it looks abandoned. But there are these beautiful totem poles standing right in the middle of the village. And they take a look at the biggest one and they say, ooh, and they cut it down at the base like felling a tree. The Tlingit were really confused when they returned from the fishing trip they'd been on. The tribe soon figured out what happened and sued the businessmen. The judge let them off with a $500 fine. Seattle's first totem pole stayed put. Dr. Robin Wright says it was apparently too valuable to give back. She's curator of Native American art at the Burke Museum. I don't know how you explain it other than it's marketing, I think. (laughs) You see, Seattle wanted to brand itself as the gateway to Alaska to cash in on the gold rush and tourism. Wright says totem poles were a perfect symbol to make that connection. So when the city hosted the Alaska-Yukon Pacific Exposition in 1909, they were everywhere. And they had out at Ravenna Park, they had four uh, little poles so people could take a trolley up to Ravenna Park and see totem poles in their true woodsy setting. Never mind that the actual true setting was along the coast in Clinket, Haida, and Simshian villages in Alaska and British Columbia. Not Seattle, or anywhere in Washington. That didn't stop totem pole fever from sweeping the state. In 1903, Tacoma hired Alaska Native artists to create a totem pole to dwarf Seattle's. Local tribes without a history of carving them started making versions called story poles. It became something that was expected of artists, that, you know, if you were an Indian artist, you would, you surely must make totem poles. Drive around today, and you see the traditional Alaskan poles all over, even in front of local tribal casinos. Because what's more eye-catching than a big old totem pole? Now that totem poles are ubiquitous, Wright says they've become a symbol of Indianness. That concerns Israel Shotridge. He's a clinket carver from Ketchikan, Alaska. It misrepresents the people. He says native culture should be seen as distinct, not a single stereotype of dream catchers, teepees, and totem poles. To him, carving is a chance to represent his unique heritage. I'm the um, unofficial you know, caretaker of my tribal totem poles, it, it's more than just carving. That's why some of the totem poles in Seattle don't resonate with him. A number of the ones downtown, including two in Occidental Park, were actually carved by white artists. Whoever carves the poles, Shotridge says it's important to honor the culture being represented. That's not what happened when the first totem pole was stolen and brought here in 1899. What they should have done is shipped it back to Alaska and said, we're sorry. He says there is an upshot, though. The attraction is one of the state's most visible reminders that Native Americans are still here. Charlotte Bear, KPLU News.